0: Welcome to the Inspire Careers Spotlight Series, presenting informational, educational, and entertaining interviews and insights about today's leading career management topics. Your host is Kathy Lanzalaco, CEO of Inspire Careers. Kathy is a member of the Forbes Coaches Council and an award-winning resume writer. Inspire Careers provides career marketing support to executives and professionals and is home to the Inspire Careers Student Professional Launch Program the only new college graduate success program in the country. Follow Kathy on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for new career-related content shared daily and visit inspirecareers.com to learn more about Kathy and her unique career path from registered nurse to HR leader to entrepreneur, business owner, and podcast host. The podcast you are about to listen to can also be found as a video podcast on the Inspire Careers YouTube channel. Enjoy. Enjoy.
1: Kathy Lanzalaco here from Inspire Careers with another episode of Inspire Careers Spotlight on Recruiting. I'm happy today and very excited to bring to you Jessica Bruning. Jessica, hi Jessica. Jessica is president of Progressive Staffing LLC located here in the Buffalo area and she has is celebrating her two year anniversary this fall. So we thought it would be a great time to be able to bring you her today and learn a little bit more about her. Here on my spotlight on recruiters, I pull back the curtain a little bit on area recruiters, and I help give job seekers some insight into what third party recruiting is about what businesses they search for, what search assignments they have open, and really importantly, how to interact with recruiters to accelerate your job search. So welcome, Jessica. Oh, Kathy, thanks so much for inviting me today. And I appreciate your time. Yeah, hey, glad to have you today. Um, I know, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit more about you, you know, as we go through here. um, But why don't you start out our interview like I start out all interviews. And I'm going to say, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, boy, I haven't
2: been interviewed in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Flipping the flipping the pages here on me. So, um, as you said, yes, I am the president of uh, Progressive Staffing LLC. Started two years ago in the fall of two thousand nineteen, and have actually just been doing fantastic, even through COVID. We should all be proud of the Western New York area. Every you know, businesses have just been continuing to thrive and. grow, especially now that, you know, we're after the, the pandemic a little bit. Um, I I started off, oh boy, I've been doing third-party recruitment my entire career. Uh, I started off in college. I did a summer gig at a firm. I was going to school for psychology and always knew I wanted to work with people and help them, but I wasn't really sure what route I wanted to go. I thought maybe I'd go to become a psychiatrist, but then that was going to be a little bit more years of uh, college. and I said, oh, I you know, I, I love my d- degree in psychology. I'm not sure if I want to go further. And where can I go? What avenue can I do to still work with people? And so um, I thought of maybe counseling or a school counselor. Um, and then, as I said, I did this summer summer job. And I was a temp myself and I absolutely loved it. I saw how the recruiters were meeting people every day. You know, I was greeting them as the admin receptionist there. And people were coming in with smiles on their face because they just landed a job. And I'm like, wow, that's really, really cool what these recruiters are doing. That's something I'd be really interested in. So after I graduated with my degree, I started off, um, actually working in the corporate setting, supporting management and human resources, mostly focused in payroll. So I got that underpinning. And then I said, Nope, I'm going back to third party recruitment. And I have been there ever since. So going on about 18 years and I have yeah grown in the industry and now I own my own firm. So, you know, I think it's, uh, something I'm super passionate about and absolutely love working with people.
1: Oh, well, that is fantastic. And that's exciting. And we know, too, that this is the age of the gig economy, right? And everybody now is thinking about, you know, do I continue want to work for not only my company that I work for, but any company, people are stepping out all the time. You know, your story is very inspiring. So I hope people can take some some clues from that too, and start thinking about "Hmm, maybe it's time for me to think about stepping out. There's always that too, you know, always that. Absolutely. But why don't you tell us a little bit, what kind of, um, what kind of placements your firm specializes in?
2: So throughout my career, I've done full gambit of both temporary and permanent. I do try to focus more on the permanent, However, if my clients have um, temporary positions, Uh, within reason, I'll certainly work on those. And a lot of people, uh, even college students, they actually like those sort of things. Um, And especially after the pandemic, a lot of people who are going back to work who might want a career change, it gives them experience maybe in a different field, and they can try it out and then um, go somewhere else and try it out. Uh, college students again getting their foot in the door. Uh, you know, temporary positions are great. Although I, you know, I do focus mostly on permanent positions. And as I said throughout my career, I've done uh, from customer service, sales, administration, um, human resources. Uh, operational and engineering executive and right now i do have positions kind of all over the board but a main focus which um is i'm not sure what why (laughs) right now in the economy is operational so quality control production engineering um Uh, safety, I'm trying to think, um, inspection, machinists, those are in high demand right now. And that's a lot of what I'm recruiting for.
1: Oh, awesome. Well, let me ask you this then, for all of these type of roles that you have, what are some pieces of advice, some tips perhaps, that you could give to job seekers watching this that say, oh, that would be good for me. So what do they need to know to potentially make themselves be considered for one of these positions? Kathy,
2: that's a great question. I, companies have uh, their job overviews. And when I am partnering with my clients, I'm never expecting 100%. Positions are a combination of must-haves and love-to-haves. And so I think that if someone is looking at a position and they are intrigued by it and they feel that they have maybe, you know, most of the qualifications, don't hesitate to apply because recruiters are your friends. You know, we are not scary people. We're here to try to, you know, help you get your foot in the door at a company. And so if we can see the bigger picture, which, which a lot of recruiters do, well, I shouldn't say a lot, we all do. We see the bigger picture. Um, we can help facilitate your resume to the company. Um, so just don't think that if you don't have 100%, it's not good for you. That is a great
1: tip. And I do believe too that women, Tend to be more guilty of that. Um, I know I speak from experience and from all my years working in HR. You know, ladies, we tend to think that we have to have every single qualification to apply for a job, and that is absolutely not the case. A lot of the times, these jobs descriptions are written with you know pie in the sky um, qualifications, but in reality, the employer knows that they're not going to find somebody that has everything. But right. how will they know unless you apply for the job if you're really interested? Can we make an important point here, though? Um, you're, when you say client, who are you referring to? Meaning you work for the employers. The client company, correct. Right. So we want our people watching this and the viewers to understand that is the purpose of the third party recruiter, that you don't work for that company sitting in there. They already have probably their own recruiters. Maybe in some cases they do or don't. But your role is to help match make, right? Exactly. And we've talked about that before. Based on what the employer's needs are. So while you're that facilitator, you're that broker, if you will, between the employer and the job seeker, they are your candidate or they are your client and you're really trying to serve their interests and find the best fit. So just because people come to you and want to be able to share their information with you, it doesn't always mean that you're going to have a job available within their qualifications.
2: No, but you know what? That's okay because that's starting the relationship, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that if you have, um, again, if, if you're not 100%, that's okay, still apply. And if it doesn't end up being the right opportunity, and it's not even um, the right opportunity for the company to hire you, but... Even maybe you decide that's not the right opportunity after hearing for more about the position, um, but at least you had the willingness. At least you had the openness and the drive, and so that cha- that that translates to you know someone's attitude. And so that was going to be one of the next things I said was you know another another ideal candidate has a, a drive, um, the willingness to be open to hearing about things, and also a really, you know, good attitude about things. Um, You know, especially human resources and customer service positions, you know, companies that I've seen lately are kind of overlooking maybe you don't have all this experience, but you have that attitude that you're going to treat our customers right, or you're going to treat our internal employees right. So I think that those are a lot of key things that, um, you know, be open, don't hesitate, uh, have a you know upbeat abitu- attitude, smile on your face. And this goes across, all, if you're an accountant, if you're an engineer, across all things, because That's really uh, what's becoming what I see uh, highly important is uh, personality, fit within the team over experience. Don't get me wrong. Experience is extremely important, but yeah, fit within the team is, is a big thing lately too.
1: But I think you make a great point because all things being equal, if it comes down to two leading candidates. The candidate who's probably gonna get the call back, who's gonna get the job offer, is the one that the company feels that they can relate the best to, that's gonna fit in with their culture. But the only way to know that is for people to be authentic about who they are, for people to really let them, let you as a recruiter, let the employer as well, really see their personality. People still hire people, everyone. And really, that could be the, right? That could be the differentiator. And I say that because so many people are applying online. With all these job boards now, it's easy to forget sometimes that there are people behind all of these systems. And at the end of the day, the recruiter or the hiring manager is going to make the decision about who is getting hired. And being able to demonstrate who you are and the value that you can bring, just not from a professional standpoint, but obviously yes, but from that personality. You know, why, why do they need you in their organization? How wonderful are you going to work with their other team members? How well are you going to fit in? And really, people should be testing the culture on the other side. If it's not a good alignment for you as a job seeker, then you're probably not going to be happy there.
2: Correct. Correct. And that's, and that's how, um, again, you you mentioned that you're applying to a job board. And, and so that's another great thing about recruiters. Again, we're not scary people. You know, we, uh, we can be that facilitator and we're, we're developing relationships with um, job seekers and those job seekers aren't going to be one of a thousand candidates in a job board, um, applying, you know, they're developing a relationship um, with with us directly. And we can we can say, you know, Sally has all this and we're talking to the hiring manager. And, you know, uh, th- that's why, like, like you said, we're good matchmakers, but we have to get, we have to develop that relationship and we have to get to know one another on a professional level to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think people hesitate with that. I think that's hard for some people because they're used to the concept of job interviews and communicating with recruiters to be very straight-laced and very uh, transactional. But today it's much more relationship building, much more open.
2: And we're just, a, you know, if you want to call us a, uh, another extension of your job search, you know, we're a great avenue, a great tool to add to your uh, kit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, when I talk to my clients all the time, we talk about the hidden job market, right? Positions that are not posted to the outside, or if they are posted, you don't know who they're for. And you're not really sure, you know, what, what the necessarily the requirements are. So having a third party recruiter in your camp for that is a great way to help expand your search. Well, hear this folks, not every single job is posted on LinkedIn and Indeed. And every time I tell my clients that I can hear some, you know, I can hear people on the other end of the phone going, oh, "Really?" Yeah, really. <laughs> Most of the jobs are not even posted. So, you know, being able to to tap into those roles that are not made public and for a number of reasons, but they are just not open there, but the recruiters can help open the doors for that. The other question I wanted to ask you about, I always ask recruiters when I talk to them, what is the greatest resume mistake that you see when you go start going through all the resumes sent to you? What's the one thing that you see all the time that you'd like to give people advice on to correct or to stop doing?
2: You know, Kathy, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to, in the 18 or so years that I've done this, I don't know if there is a biggest mistake. I think because we all have different ideas on how resumes should look and what the content should be, and because we are all different and have different experiences. So um, I have suggestions for it instead of pointing out the biggest mistake. So I think that maybe, you know, I would say two pages at most and use bullet points because recruiters and then hiring managers as well. We just like to scan through and, and, and look and, and read down. Paragraph form is, is not gonna, gonna work, unfortunately. Uh, it takes a little bit more time. One of the things I, and I, you know, I can't remember if I read it in a book one, one time or if I saw a, a video clip, but uh, you know what, it was a video clip. They did an, exp- someone did an experiment and they interviewed identical twins and the first identical twin said when they said what are your strengths and weaknesses she started off with her strengths and she was listing her strengths the second identical and then said her weaknesses the second identical twin came in and she started off with the exact same strengths and weaknesses but she said her weaknesses first they looked the same they had the same background experience and they hired the individual who, the twin that started off with the first three uh, strengths because it has been studied that human beings remember the first three things that are listed. So when you do your bullet points, my suggestion is make those count. Make the first ones count. If it's accomplishments, because... As humans, just human nature—that's what we're going to remember about you. Um, in your this one cracks me up. In your skill set, when you say that you're accurate and detail-oriented, make sure you have no spelling or grammatical errors in your. I, I hate to laugh about that, but I do. I get a lot of resumes that have uh, grammatical errors in it, and the skill set says that they're extremely detail oriented and accurate. And so then I'm like ding ding ding. So it's always good again as recruiters here before your resume is even sent to a company, we're looking over it. But you should also have maybe a friend or family member look over it. And then my last thing is mock interview. And Kathy is is great. She's a great tool to to go to for that sort of thing too. Mock interview and it, it'll it'll help you out um, and then usually you're going through your resume during your interview, right? And then you'll have that aha moment like, oh I need to add that to my resume, that's a great thing. You know other people on the outside who know you will be able to ask you questions like, well don't you do this and didn't you tell me you did that one time and hey you just had this major accomplishment, why isn't this on your resume that I'm reading? So, um, like I said, have people read through your resume and mock interview. And they are great ways to think of new things or for other people to think of things for you to put on your resume. You know,
1: that is just an absolutely perfect statement because this is what I hear my you know clients tell me all the time is that I don't know how to speak about myself. I don't want to brag about myself. I'm not sure what to write right? You can choose from any one of those. I hear them all the time. And I always say, I don't think it's the people don't like to talk about themselves. I think they don't know how. And that if you tell things that are true, it's not bragging, but it is about getting the information together in a powerful manner. You know, sometimes I also have people say to me, well, oh, why should I hire you? And I say, because I can bring that information out in you. And sometimes people are too close to their own information, and they aren't willing to take credit for what they've done, or they don't know how to frame it, or maybe they're focusing on the wrong pieces of what that accomplishment was. What does the employer really care about your accomplishment? What piece of it do they wanna know? They wanna know what kind of revenue you brought in or what savings you had. You know, Some of the, the lesser pieces that people tend to focus on aren't what they're looking for. So it really is about harnessing that information and getting that opinion from others kind of like an informal 360 right a little bit to say what else can people see about me that i can't see about myself right
2: in a good way yes and that happens all the time you know i think um that's one of the i hear back from companies is when they ask him the candidates strengths and strengths and weaknesses that's one of the hardest questions that candidates get tripped up on because of thinking about yourself. Uh like you just said. So um yeah, ha- having that discussion with people who know you best can au- put can help you with that. Absolutely. Help you- yeah, absolutely. Let me
1: ask you a question. Um, yes. This is kind of the newest topic. And I don't know, you know, anybody watching this, have they had experience with this, but what are your feelings about resumes being done on TikTok? Or do people send you video resumes at all? What's your thought on that? If you have much experience with that from job seekers?
2: So that, it is a newer thing. Um, I haven't received any on TikTok yet. Um, I want to? (laughs) That's the question. Yeah, That's what I was going to say. Like, I'm not sure about TikTok. Um, I have received video resumes. I'm not used to them yet. So I don't know um, if I like them just yet or not. The, I, th- I think that there's definitely pros to them. Um, I think that there are some cons to them as well because when you're doing a video resume, at least the ones I've received so far, it's hard to, uh, the elevator pitch, right? You're, you're trying to get as much information as you can within that three to five minutes, but then Are you really portraying yourself properly? And so again, you know, you might be a great avenue for people to go to, to learn how to get all that information in that three to five minutes for the video resume, Um, whereas the ones I've gotten so far, I think that if they sent me a paper resume, I would have gotten more information out of it. Yeah, that's,
1: that's interesting. That's good. And I think that's just going to be evolving. You know, as yeah. people are already struggling with paper resumes to make that shift into the video world, whether it's, you know, regular video, or if it's on TikTok, you really have to make sure that you know what you're doing to be able to represent yourself as that old saying goes, which is all true. You only get, you know, you have one chance to make a first impression. And if that's what you're presenting yourself to, to recruiters, you better make sure that it is high quality and that it really communicates what you want people to know about you.
2: I think that, I think that people could really get a good amount of of information as long as they had their elevator pitch down to like down to a science, really, you know? So yeah, I think that um, it's going to be involving absolutely. As you said, Uh, but the struggles are still there and, and they're new and that's okay. And, 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 we're all just going to learn, keep learning from them. Yeah. Us as recruiters too, on how to assess, you know, um, and get as much information as we can out of the person as they're sending us those. And then the same thing on the opposite end is how people can portray themselves the best possible way.
1: Speaking of portraying themselves, um, let's just talk very briefly about LinkedIn. Right. People should be filling out their LinkedIn profiles. That means having all of the sections fully optimized. There's a lot of great functionality on there. But you're looking for candidates on LinkedIn to
2: fill these positions too, aren't you, Jessica? I am. I am looking for them. And um, you know, when I search on LinkedIn, um I think a lot of individuals uh leave their skill, they might um put their resume on there, but then they leave their skill set section empty. And like you said, fill all that out because your skill set section, that's where a lot of keywords pop up. And so when a recruiter has um, LinkedIn recruiter, um, LinkedIn premium, all the different um, avenues, they how we search is by usually keyword or Boolean search. And so if you don't have those, in your resume, or if you just have your title, um, the other thing is I know a lot of people they say that they're open to work and then they never respond. So, um, or they might have just re- you know received a new position. You need to if you're at, if you create a LinkedIn profile, I, you need to be active on it. It's like any other sort of social media. If you have a Facebook page probably on it quite often. If you're on Instagram, you know, those are more social networks. LinkedIn is more of a professional network. People tend to, um, you know, want to do more of the social uh, thing, especially when they're out out of work. Um, But you still need to keep up on that professional network. Um, And if you've recently found a position Take down that you're no longer open to, to looking for new positions, um, because then us as recruiters we get mixed uh, signals uh, when we're searching for you and typing in those keywords. So uh, yes, great topic, great thing that you brought up to make sure you have everything filled out and it is active. Uh, if not, pull it down.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you raise a great point though, and I see this every day: people that have gotten new positions. You know, they, they might be active on LinkedIn while they're searching and they're asking for help and they're on there. But then when they get hired, then they just they don't pay attention to LinkedIn again. And then three years later, they're looking for a new job. And now they want to resurrect their network again. Yes. You know,
2: and it needs cultivated all the time. So, uh, right. And I was going to I was going to say that, like, you know, when I'm when I'm looking for people and talking to people. Communication is probably the biggest thing that um, a a job seeker can do with a recruiter. Um, Because if you don't have that communication, if you're not open and honest, um, if you're not interested anymore, just say no, that's that's okay. Um, But if you go silent, Because you're afraid to say something, which I I hear a lot of times, like "Oh, I'm no longer interested," or "I found something and I was scared to tell you." Like that's okay. I'm not. I'm not offended. I'm not hurt. I was just trying to help you. Like you brought. You know, I was trying to be that matchmaker. And not everything is the right fit. And if something else was more, you know, piqued your interest better, and you went that way, that's okay. Just let me know. Just respond to me. So I can, on my end, close the loop because as you said earlier, I'm working for the company. And so I need to then, if that company wanted to interview you or had expressed interest in your resume, I need to also then close the loop with them as well. And, um, you know, if you keep that communication, even just not, not right now, um, we remember recruiters will remember that about individuals. So if three years from, hey, you know what? Can I remember Kathy? She she responded to me even though she wasn't interested. I really appreciated that, and now she's looking three years from now. Hey, Kathy, how's it going? What's going on? Oh, no problem. Let- like let's let's reboot everything again. Get me your updated resume. Let's start out there. Yeah, great point. Don't burn bridges.
1: And I don't care what town you live in, whether it's here in Buffalo or New York State, I don't care where you live. It's always a smaller town than you think it is. And, you know, I see a lot of stuff on LinkedIn about recruiters ghosting people. And that has not been my experience from working with recruiters. But I will tell you, it goes both ways. And that's what Jessica's talking about, too. And people, I think, are afraid to say no. So not only do they have to learn to talk about themselves, they have to learn how to to respectfully decline an offer, to be able to respectfully decline interest. No, thank you at this time. Takes two minutes to do, but it could absolutely be money in the bank for your reputation down the line. So I think that's uh, one of the ways that we're gonna leave that today because I think that's a really high note that people should be considering. So Jessica, people wanna reach out to you. They're interested in learning more about the physicians that you spoke with us about today or they do wanna send you their resume. How can
2: they best reach you? Yeah, so my website is always the best avenue. Not only is my contact information on there, but also all positions that I am currently recruiting for are active. And you can apply directly through the portal and I get them in real time. So, uh, and then I pride myself in response, even if you know something is not the right fit, I will get back to you and let you know that you know it, it might not be the right fit now. Thank you so much for your time and interest. And now I have your resume on file and, and hopefully something else, else pops up in the future. Um, and they can always come to you and then you can send their resume to me too. <laughs> if you worked with me, you know, I do that. Yes, and I know, I, and I, I know. But yeah, website's the best. And then also, if there is no specific position that someone's interested in, I also have a general application that um, people can reach out to me about uh, directly as well.
1: Perfect. Well, I'll also drop your contact information in the comment section so people can see it there and encourage them yeah and we'll encourage them to reach out to you on LinkedIn they can also connect with you there so thank you so much Jessica from Progressive Staffing LLC today what a great conversation thank you for sharing your thoughts with us and helping job seekers here in western New York try to learn a little bit more about the work that you do and set themselves up for success in their job search thank you don't be scared to come to me It's Halloween, but it is not trick-or-treat. It's not (laughs) scary. Nobody's dressing up like a recruiter this year. How about that? (laughs) That's great. Oh man. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you all for watching. And everybody, until our next episode, live inspired.